Hello, my friend. Today is a glorious day because you are tuning in to a brand new episode of Tipod. Yes, yes. Welcome in. We are going to have the best chat today about a topic that is incredibly, incredibly important. We've talked about it before. We're going to approach it from a slightly different angle today, and that is company culture. Yes, yes. And we actually chatted about company culture from a slightly different angle not too long ago. So if you haven't yet, check out episode 98, where we broke down some of the very surprising benefits that curating an intentional company culture that really meshes with the vision of your new company. So yes, you can go back a couple episodes to listen to our chat around that topic. But today, I really wanted to get you started on this company culture work by helping you avoid some pain. You know what I'm saying? Like there is a lot of good that comes out of intentionally stepping into this work and really seeking to make a change in your organization. However, I won't lie to you. Like there are some missteps that honestly are more cringy than damaging. However, who wants to be cringy, especially when it comes to the way that your entire team is looking at you? Like I don't want to have those cringeworthy moments. So today I wanted to chat with you about some of the company culture missteps that you're really going to want to avoid like the plague so that we don't have those uh, awkward cringeworthy moments. All right. So go ahead and get settled, get your pen and paper out because we're going to dig in right after this. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, team dynamics consultant and trained industrial organizational psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to TIEPOD. What if finding your next dream hire suddenly became easy? Dare I say it, it is 110% possible. Enter my baby, Dream Hire Bootcamp. Dream Hire Bootcamp is your advanced hiring method to help you choose the right person for the right job even if you've been burned by a bad hire before. This program was designed because you deserve to hire someone who gets it, you and your business. Your company has officially outgrown your days of winging it, of showing up to those interviews without interview questions prepared, of not following a systematic, tried-and-true, research-backed process. No, 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 no. Now is the time to utilize a strategic hiring method and build your dream team once and for all. All you have to do is go to tianatai.com dhb and you can get started today. All right, so let's have this culture conversation today, okay? So as you've likely heard me say before, company culture really can make or break your company. It it truly is like the essence of what it feels like to be a part of your company that sets the tone for how you're going to treat your team members, how they're going to treat each other, the way that you guys navigate conflict, uh, the way that you guys celebrate successes, or how much people are really just like shouting the um, experience of working for your company from the rooftops, right? Now, 
unfortunately, but also just like this is real life, company culture is definitely the furthest thing from a check the box activity. Like if there was if there was anything team related that I was like, "Mm, yeah, we're not going to accomplish this with just like sitting down and focusing for two hours, it would be company culture. This very much is going to be a continuous journey. It's going to continuously evolve. There really is no finish line when it comes to culture work. And that's okay. But it does require intention and commitment to ongoing work. Now, I will share with you, I really truly do see a strategic advantage for new companies when it comes to this culture work. And that is as the modern business owner, as a newer company, you essentially are going to have direct control over the overall experience in your company. Now, what do I mean by that? So y'all know that I have a background working with Fortune 500 companies, particularly in the pharmaceutical industry. And whenever you're working within an organization that has that much hierarchy in place and such a robust workforce, any type of change, any type of team-oriented work that is directly tying into that culture that we're trying to engender within a company, it takes so much time, okay? Like you, you just can sit here and imagine it real quick for me. I want you to envision curating company culture for a company of 10 right? Versus doing it for a company that literally has thousands of employees. Perhaps they have uh, thousands of employees across the world. You know what I'm saying? And these are some of the realities that corporate organizations are dealing with, where there are quite literally teams of people helping these companies create change, helping these companies improve or tweak their culture in whatever way is going to fit with their newest vision for success, right? And so whenever I start talking to smaller companies and I'm talking to the startups and the entrepreneurs, I get so excited because I'm like, man, if only you knew this company of 10 people, this company of 20 people, we can incite so much change so quickly within your workforce just because it's a much more manageable group. And so I just wanted to say that to you, like there really is power in these smaller numbers when it comes to this work. So anywho, with that being said, I wanted to kind of start you off right, my friend. I wanted to have your back, be the person in your corner who's like, please don't do this. Thank you. Um, so with that in mind, let's go ahead and dig into some of the culture missteps that I really think you should be avoiding like the plague. All right, so let's get into it because mistake number one, I love this one just because I see it so often, and that is relying on one grand gesture to improve your overall employee engagement. Now, before I dig into this one, I should probably DTT or define the term. Don't worry, I got you. So employee engagement, as referred to by SHRM, is the level of an employee's commitment and connection to an organization, right? So basically, this is how committed and connected your team members are going to feel to your company. This is really important because it is quite literally a critical driver of business success in today's marketplace. And there is a lot of research that shows that high levels of engagement promote the retention of your talent, uh, helps out with your customer and client experience, and just really improves your performance as a company generally speaking, right? And so for obvious reasons, this is one of those factors that people like me, we tend to measure this to be a really solid indication of what your company culture is looking like, so on and so forth. 
So again, the major mistake that I see happening as it relates to uh, improving your employee engagement within your company is relying on one grand gesture to accomplish that for you. So I want to take you into your personal life, okay? So stick with me for a second and envision one of your relationships and really imagine that your partner was like, hey, I'm going to take you out on a nice date. It's going to be incredible. Maybe this is even going to be like a staycation weekend type of thing, right? So we're going to stay at a nice hotel. I'm going to pay for all the meals, bouquets of flowers, gesture, 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 like all wrapped in one nice little package, right? And then for the next two decades, not a single thing happens. Like, you know, maybe it's not the most toxic relationship, but that one nice date, that one nice experience, yeah, that was the peak. That's it. We're not trying to achieve that peak again. All right. Can they then assume that y'all have a healthy and happy and thriving relationship for the literal decades to follow? I think not. And honestly, I don't care if y'all call me high maintenance or not for me and my personal relationships. If it's been more than a couple of months and we haven't tried to achieve that that peak again, I'm like, uh, what are we doing here? Like, are we even trying to make each other happy? I don't understand this. Right. And so so many business owners are taking just that energy, that idea that I can do one great grand gesture for my team members and then work copacetic for the years to come. And that simply is just such nice naive thinking. It just is. So hopefully it's helpful to you to really think about employee engagement, not the same, obviously, but in line with the way that you would think about your personal relationships and the amount of effort and thoughtfulness that goes into those, right? Because this is definitely going to be a journey. Honestly, we are never done with employee engagement as long as we are in business. It doesn't necessarily matter if you just had that event, that company retreat, or you just introduced a new por- a new perk, or you just recognized a team member to increase the engagement a couple of months ago. We always are going to be focused on what are we doing in the future? What opportunities are we picking out? You know, it doesn't have to be this big production. However, just the little moments, like how are we going to continuously keep our team members engaged? Okay, so that was a big one, but it was it was a biggie, but it was a goodie. You know what I'm saying? So let's move on to number two, because this messed up is you may be surprised to hear me say it, but bear with me, I'm going to explain it. So it is using very generic engagement activities that are a cultural mismatch. So first of all, what do I mean by generic engagement activities? Okay, so obviously, like I defined earlier, team member engagement is a little bit complex of a topic, and that is really relating to the overall commitment and connection to an organization. So when we're talking about engagement activities, we're typically talking about activities, fun things that we can do to really drive that connection. Another word you're going to hear people talk about all the time is like team building or bonding activities, obviously, right? And so I don't care whether that's like karaoke night or a happy hour or a coffee hour or lunch dates with each other or you're playing two truths and a lie or having a meme competition, whatever. These are just kind of generic blanket activities that we use to try to engage all of our team members at once. So why is it on my list of things to avoid? Well, I wanted to be really specific with you and say not just generic engagement activities, because we literally have an entire episode, episode 46, about different activities that you can do virtually to help build that connection and build your culture. 
I'm talking about the ones that are clearly for you a cultural mismatch, okay? So just a super simple example. I mentioned karaoke night a moment ago. If you've got a team where just the vibes are just not giving karaoke night, I don't know how else to say that. We don't want to do a karaoke night. Y'all know what I'm saying? And luckily for you, this couldn't be a more simple thing to avoid because all we have to do whenever we're thinking about incorporating any of, the, any of these activities to really drive that connection in our team is involve our team and say, hey, I was thinking of an opportunity for all of us to do something fun on my mind was like karaoke or maybe a murder mystery party or maybe a costume party for Halloween which one would you guys like the most? Like, y'all let me know. You know what I'm saying? And really just allow people to have a voice. That's pretty much the way that we avoid bringing in engagement activities that are a total cultural mismatch and are going to make everybody roll their eyes and just be like, I really have to spend, you know, an hour at the end of my workday doing this. Like, no, thank you. You want it to be something that they're super, super excited about. Like, I remember when Team Ty had a murder mystery party for Halloween and we had a freaking blast. Okay, we were in it with those characters. And so you want it to be something that matches the personalities that actually do exist on your team. All right, all right. So let's get into the third misstep you really should be avoiding. And that's actually relying on incentives and rewards too much and relying on things like bonuses and gift cards and gym memberships to make your company look like the best place to work from the outside, where the experience of working for your company may not actually be all that great. And I brought it up, so let's talk about it. Incentives and rewards truly can be a double-edged sword. Now, of course, there are amazing, great short-term effects. People get excited. They're like, oh my goodness, I'm getting this. I get to go here. I get to experience this. Whatever the perk, the incentive or reward looks like. But there are some long-term effects that are not so desirable. So, for example... If companies are just like willy-nilly throwing out um, incentives and rewards a little too much, like maybe you're in a really good season in your business and that's fantastic, we can start to edge on this dangerous line of creating some unrealistic expectations, right? Where it feels like, oh, this is a must-have. It's almost a part of my compensation rather than something that's just like exciting and we're doing it because we can, not necessarily because it's promised every single time. So we do always want to be a little bit careful with those expectations because we don't want that sense of entitlement and we definitely don't want to reduce our team members' intrinsic motivation to do good work and do it well obviously. Like that's the exact opposite of what we want to happen. So I'm not saying no incentives and rewards. Oh, I'm not the Scrooge, y'all. Like we want to reward those who are going above and beyond their standard duties. We want to award those who are just doing their job and doing it well, obviously. But there is something to be said almost for, oh, I hate to say this, but bear with me, for that like participation participation, excuse me, trophy mentality. You know, so if people are doing the bare minimum, we don't necessarily want to go and be like, oh my goodness, gold star, here's a thousand dollars. You are incredible, right? Because then it's giving this unrealistic expectation that the bare minimum equals incredible. You see what I'm saying? However, on the flip side, if people are doing their job, 
People are doing a really good job at doing their job. And maybe the collective efforts of everyone, not necessarily being like exceptional, but just doing damn good work has led to, you know, the biggest sales month that you guys have had uh, in history, right? Okay, like we can celebrate that. We can celebrate things as a team. It's just to be careful not to do things way too willy nilly. We're just like Oprah, like you get a bonus, you get a bonus, you get a bonus and doing it in a way that doesn't actually make good common sense. Y'all feel me? All right, so now that I've just like made participation trophy sound like the worst thing ever, like I have mixed feelings, guys, but it was a good analogy, y'all feel me. I want to just go ahead and step into the mistake number four that you should be avoiding, and it is directly connected to this conversation around uh, incentives and rewards and perks, and that is offering those things without actually addressing and fixing your core issues. Whew. What do I mean? Well, I'm about to just like hit you with the heavy dose of realism real quick, because as the boss, of course, you can offer uh, not only those rewards and incentives, but also some perks like lax dress codes or flexible time off policies uh, to really entice top talent uh, to join your organization and also to increase the existing talent's engagement. However, If you're doing these things, so if you've got the cool dress code, if you've got the gym memberships, if you've got the, you know, oh, I'm going to send you to these fun conferences every year, not necessarily because we need to go, but because like you would enjoy it and it would be great. That's a fantastic perk. However, if we're doing nothing to fix existing core issues, and there are a lot of existing core issues, um, we still cannot expect team members to want to stick around and stay in our company for very long. So what am I talking about with core issues? Well, okay. Imagine, um, you know, in your team communication is kind of lacking. So imagine when someone speaks up, their ideas get lost in the shuffle. So time and time again, they just actually don't really feel seen or valued. They feel like they're not um, able to contribute anything to the conversation. Or imagine that the systems are just all out of whack and it's really, really hard to get anything done. People are always having to manually go and check on the progress of different things and get like updates. And it's just kind of an annoying and messy experience, generally speaking, whenever you guys are doing teamwork. Or imagine that uh, one of your managers doesn't have a very positive relationship with the people in their department. And uh, those people have come to you and kind of expressed that they feel very micromanaged or they feel disrespected in any way, right? These are core issues that have to be handled. I don't care if you give people a a fun gym membership (laughs) and you pay for that once a month. Don't get me wrong. We love a good gym membership or don't get me wrong. We love a lax dress code. Like perks are cool. However, if there are fundamental issues that are really damaging the dynamics that exist within our team, we need to handle those core issues first. And so I'll bring up the example of navigating a personal relationship again here for this. Imagine you and your partner have a core issue of uh, unhealthy communication. So every time any sort of conflict comes up, big or small, your partner is constantly belittling you, they're talking over you, they won't let you get a word out edgewise, okay? But unlike my first example, they love to take you on a good date, okay? Like those dates are so well thought out, they're so nice, and that's fantastic. 
But every time you come home and get into a serious conversation, you feel unheard. You feel belittled. You're literally being talked over. Okay, so those dates aren't necessarily going to make up for the core issue of there's a communication problem at play here. Like we cannot communicate in a healthy manner, especially when conflict is on the table. All right. So even though the fun dates may, you know, let's keep it real. Maybe they made you stick around for a little longer than you should have stuck around. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe they blinded us for a little bit to the realities of the core issues that do exist within that relationship. But for most of us, hopefully, because know your worth, my friend, for most of us, we become wise real quick and we're like, now, wait a second. This part of the relationship is nice. However, this core issue legitimately needs to be fixed because I'm not willing to deal with this for the years and years and years to come in my life. Right. And so we got to take that same thinking and apply it back to your company. If there are a million and one great things going on, fantastic. Honestly, they, I'll be truthful with you, like they really could buy you a little bit of extra time uh, to fix whatever those core issues are. But whether it's systems or a leadership issue, a management issue, whatever the core issue is, ultimately it will need to be addressed. Alrighty, and there you have it, my friend. Those are the four missteps that I am begging you, like, try to avoid these with everything in you, whether it's the cringy engagement activities that just do not vibe with the actual human beings that exist on your team, or something a bit more serious, like not addressing these core issues. We just want to make sure that we are building your culture with intention and doing so just by avoiding some of the things that other people have been through. So like if people have been through it and they're telling you, hey, don't do this, maybe we could just avoid it ourselves and save ourselves the time and the struggle, okay? Per usual, let me know your thoughts on this topic. Come chat with me over on Instagram and I will catch you on the next episode of Tide Pod. Mm-hmm.